You're there. What up, what up? Here I am. Hey, man, how's it going? I exist. <laughs> yes, you do. And we're very happy about you. Hoorah! Got a beard and it's looking something fierce. Having beers with my peers and talking rap careers. Reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears. Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears. I'm bringing you fresh music, I'm bringing fresh ideas. I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers. Chilling at the shows and talking about the pain with people who learned how to face it and be sane. Sipping on a brew, doing interviews. No topics off the table, but we focus on breakthroughs. So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check. You're listening to Brews, Beards, and Shipwreck. Views for your ears to hear. One, two, one, two, a mic check. Stone bands, royal ruckus on the scene. Just to announce, we got the brews, we got the beards. Tasty interviews for your ears to hear. Welcome to this special edition of Broods, Beards, and Shipwrecks. This is Jamie Bennett, also known as Chun J, from the positive hip hop duo Royal Ruckus. Tonight I'm coming to you from atop the 17th floor of the Monte Carlo. Apartments and Hotel in Miami Beach. I'm looking at the ocean right now. As I record this, you can probably hear the wind. It's pretty windy tonight, but it feels amazing. It looks amazing. I wish you could all see this. I want to introduce you to the first of three episodes of Brews, Beers, and Shipwrecks. Had a lot of really great interviews lately. I'm so excited to bring you uh, my friends David Bunker, Nota Verbs, KJ52, Mara Henderson, Thomas Askew, and more. I have a host of interviews ready to go. I even did one with my grandma. So I just got to edit them up and get them out to you. Uh, But first, we've got a couple of special episodes from my boy Flatline, also known as Michael Walker or MP Walker. He's been down with Royal Ruckus since almost the very start and in this first episode we uh, actually do a phone conversation where we talk about coffee and we talk about music and we give a little bit of our history it's not super uh, super focused on the music it's more about history and stuff and then in the second episode which will be forthcoming we'll deal a little bit more with the music and specifically the self-titled royal ruckus album that came out on Flickr records and then in a third episode we will talk about the summer of the cicadas so thanks for tuning in uh give us a chance to rock your ears cheers here's mike and jamie In my room, away from the family. Uh, I've been uh, been catching up on all this uh, stuff we've been putting out over the past fifteen years. Are you you uh, 
were you like reviewing some of the old material or what, yeah. what's up? Oh. Yeah, I was on like Bandcamp and Noise Trade. Nice. I was like, oh man. And I was Dude, getting I, some good laughs. <laughs> I was doing the same thing, man, except what I was doing because you're like the superstar of the episode. Um, I was reviewing old Mike Walker beats that uh, didn't make the cut. Oh, and, yeah. dude, there's some good stuff there. And, like, it was crazy. Like, um, there was one of them, uh, I think this was, like, dude, like 10 years ago, you gave me a CD with, like, a burned CD with, like, 11 tracks. Yeah. And I, I called it Royal Ruckus is Going Postal because um, so many of the beats were electronic, and it reminded yeah. me a lot of Postal Service. I mean, it, it didn't yeah. sound like Postal Service per se, but... Like you could hear some of that. Yeah, influence. but I got yeah, I got production tr- tricks like crazy off of that postal yeah. service album. That was an incredible album. <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of funny listening to it. I, I think I'll actually put some of those beats on uh, the background of the podcast. Uh, uh, dope. And maybe maybe even some oldies hits treat. from two thousand. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So, uh, I can't remember. I actually, I think I have a copy of uh, two different versions of that CD from MP3.com. Still, uh, still handy. I can't remember if it was like oldies hits for 2000 or of or from whatever it was. For, I think it's for, dude. I think it's for. It was, yeah, it was for 2000. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> dude, I I don't know if you remember. Oh, this, bizarre remember. humor. <laughs> I I remember being mad at that title. <laughs> oh, I know. I didn't like it. I was happy. I didn't like mad. it. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, Mike, this is not this is not funny. And you're like, it's so funny. It's not at all. <laughs> not at all what it says it is. Well, what's got what's, you what's good, am- sucker. What's amazing about that though is like that's my same sense of humor to some extent. I just didn't get it. And the yeah. the funny thing was like so many things that I did were like the same freaking idea of yeah just ridiculous out of out of the out of visions and but you were like so supportive because you'd always get you'd be like yeah that's funny it's clearly funny yeah how did yeah that's awesome so um sorry sorry i'm late on the call i i went to the brewery and i've got this um podcast with nate larkin that's so good um like oh, an episode talking about, that you like, did with did with him, on your, yeah, on, yeah, on the oh sweet, it's it's gonna air soon. Like I'm backlogged on these interviews, man, which is a good problem to have. Oh word, um, yeah, I've got like eight or ten episodes like ready to go as what? soon as I edit them down. Oh yeah, um, wow. Nate is amazing. He talks about uh, the dangers of pornography and uh, on yeah. the brain and relationships and stuff and. Like yeah. some mind blowing stuff, dude. Um, anyway, so I sat down there to work on the podcast and try to finish editing it up because I'm like in striking distance to the end. And um, this drunk guy started talking to me. It was really obnoxious. And then he left. And then it sparked a conversation between me and another guy who apparently yeah. the drunk guy. Um, got cussed out by the other dude a couple days ago because he was so obnoxious. 
And it actually ended up turning into this really great conversation um, about hip-hop and songwriting. And the dude plays bass and used to be in a heavy metal band. And, like, I don't know. We just clicked on a lot of levels. So I I got to talking, and I looked at the time. I was like, oh, shit. I'm supposed to call Mike in five minutes. So, anyway. (laughs) I was sweating it because I was at uh, at the grocery store, like, up until (laughs) 6.50. And I was like, "I I need to hurry up with this dinner stuff. Oh, yeah, sorry, man. It's going to be a minute. I'm like, oh, good. I have time to go find a quiet corner of the house. Well, well shows, we, man, the podcast is sounding pretty slick these days. Like, well, thanks, it man. I'm easily I'm rotates into into my stash of of stuff. Uh, of course, mine's usually either soccer, music, not barely music, but mostly soccer or comedy related like oh nice like just inter- entertainment and a couple like i don't know people who have uninteresting people here and there stuff like that yeah well i dude i just got turned on to a podcast recently i feel like it was one of my guests but i don't remember i don't remember which podcast it was but uh taboo tales have, have you heard that oh one? yeah oh it's not a it's bit. so good i mean i've been skipping around but basically they uh, it, it's a lot like this podcast in the sense that it makes a safe place or whatever, however safe a sure. podcast can be. But it's a safe place for people to talk about vulnerable situations in their life. And yeah, I'm actually reading about it right now. It looks yeah, it's pretty it's cool. totally great. Um, it's two women host it, and then and then they, I don't know, I, I get the impression I haven't listened to enough, but. Uh, to know for sure, but I get the impression that people like write and ask them, you know, invite themselves to be a guest, and then like, yeah, you know, they, I, th- I think they got a pretty good following, so they probably get a lot of queries. But then they yeah. they select people, and and then they have them come on, and they actually pre-write their story, um, which is probably a pretty smart idea. I don't do that, obviously. I let people get as vulnerable as yeah. they want, but um, but. They pre-write it and then they read it and then they talk about it with without pre-written stuff. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. What's uh What's been going on with you, man? How you uh, How things been? What have you been up to? Well, uh, like recently, uh, in my professional life, I'm moving forward uh, in my coffee career, which, as you well know, started. <laughs> Way back in the yeah. day at Starbucks on 21st Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, That's pretty wild. So, so these days uh, I work at a shop in Austin, Texas called Epoch Coffee, spelled not how it sounds. Uh, the word epic, uh, as in a point in time, E-P-O-C-H. Uh, we pronounce it Epoch because it's not a real word, I guess. I don't know. It's a it's a memorable memorable name though, but. Um, it, we are. Uh, it's a believable uh, word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh yeah, that that sounds totally right. I mean, uh, we, I, I pretty much, uh, you know, uh, solve uh, bets between friends uh, at least once a week. <laughs> Someone comes up and asks how I'm supposed to pronounce the name of the coffee shop. But uh, 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 after being there over a year, uh, I'm I'm in a uh, educator position. Uh, my title is coffee nice. educator. Uh, I, I, I'm, uh, basically run the coffee program for the shop I'm in. I work nice. with the coffee director on training new hires, okay. uh, evaluations and, 
overall am kind of like uh, the, the point man for for uh, troubleshooting issues, uh, continued education, uh, resident coffee geek, uh, which is kind of nice. redundant in that like uh, Epoch does a good job of hiring mostly coffee geeks to come work at the shop. So tends to be a lot of folks very enthusiastic about the uh, the whole scene in general and. That's uh, awesome. So yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I don't know. I feel very, very, uh, very at home doing what I'm doing, where I am, with the people I'm working with. It's, it's, uh, yeah, no. it's very satisfying. Have Have you participated in any like latte art competitions or anything like that? Yeah. So pretty much once a month, uh, Thursday Night Throwdown is what it's called, and you can actually search the hashtag either TNT or just all, you know, spelled out all together, Thursday night throwdown on nice. Instagram and you'll find people all over the world pretty much uh, have these little parties and uh, do like lots of art competitions. Um, I've, I've never gotten anywhere close to like an honorable mention <laughs> even, but oh really? Uh, get, getting past the first round is, is the tough part because you have to pour yeah. a simple design, which is the heart. You just have to pour a latte. You're pouring you know, a small cup, a little bit of coffee in it, pouring yeah. free pour with just a hand. Like your your tools are just you know milk in the pitcher. Uh, so you have to know how to steam well, and uh, you, you pour a design picture of a heart, and uh, three judges decide who poured the better heart, and whoever wins moves on to the next round. Next nice. round, you have to pour uh, a design called a tulip. Uh, looks kind of like a heart on top of a heart on top of a crescent moon. Uh, kind of sort of looks like a sort of looks yeah. like a tulip. Um, if you win that round, you go on even further. You know, it can depend on how your local competition is is set up. The one here in Austin has got a pretty good thing going on. Um, Austin has is just full of talented people, and I'm I'm uh, I'm spoiled to get to hang out with these folks on a, a, you know at least a monthly basis. Yeah. Besides yeah. the amazing people I work with on a daily basis, who are you know, an inspiration as well. You know, people that are just baristas. You know, they're they they don't they're not looking for leadership. They just right. want to make coffee. Sure, they're doing it. You know, that's dope. So uh, yeah, so uh, I would say the, the the my proudest moment, uh, <laughs> which is really you know more of a joke, but um, I was up against my store manager, so basically my boss. Uh, okay. And I beat I beat him in uh, going head to head with him and. Uh, so, so I, uh, I won honors of the, of the store for being the store manager who's in his own right <laughs> a, a very talented latte artist. That's awesome, dude. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's, that's like, uh, you know, like taking out your, you know, your hero or whatever, like, or like not taking out, <laughs> but like being, being oh, yeah, on, it's like on br- par with like, brothers in arms, like a uh, brother against brother, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, that's really cool. But uh, by the way, I you know um, I I did have to Google Epoch because I I I was thinking like what's going on with this not being a word because I know this word. Uh, Yeah, exactly. It's like oh, I know this word, and you're like, but do I? I don't know that I've seen it. But but so uh, it's it's a real word though. It just means like era or age or whatever. Like yeah, period. we have a lot of uh, a lot of our customers are in the technology industry. Uh, okay. Part of that being Austin, you know, a big technology city, uh, but also our shops tend to be 
near or adjacent to like co-working spaces you know people rent out like oh, yeah, yeah, basically yeah. so they don't have to work from right. home um and uh or even like little indie yeah. uh, video game uh production companies are like in my office complex uh so they're familiar with that because it's, it's used in technology in fact i think uh, yeah there's like a particular date in the 70s when I, I think, uh, I could have this totally wrong, but I think like Unix, uh, a form of a, oh, yeah, yeah. Of, a, yeah, yeah. of a, you know, computer operating software um, has like a night date in 1970 and that, that's the APIC of uh, when this technology was started. So there's like this particular date you'll see in a lot of code uh, that references okay. that or a lot of things default back to this 1970s date. Um, and that's where, like, I've I've learned the word in like a practical usage. So yeah, it's sure. pretty funny. As, as such, we don't use the proper uh, pronunciation, and I think that's pretty hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> so one of the interesting things, you know, you talked about, um, you know, having kind of regulars in there that work from their laptops or work nearby from their laptops. Yeah. Like when we were working at Starbucks, I, I'm sure some of that was going on, but not quite like it like it is now. Um, not these days. You know, I've I've got a couple of spots that I go to, and you know, I I have certain people that I joke that are my coworkers, even though they work for completely yeah. different companies. Um, so Definitely. you see that. But what was interesting when when we were baristas and partic- to, together, and particularly in Nashville, being so close to the heart of Music City, was the people that were closest to that were like songwriters. Yeah, you know, and you'd have yeah. you'd have the people come in doing their like having their little meetings or I don't know if people yeah. had songwriting sessions at Starbucks or not, but they certainly well, sat down and talked about it. Yeah, they had meetings. Like definitely, we were we were blocks away from Music Row. I mean, there was songwriting yeah. going on everywhere in that neighborhood. Besides being across the street from the Vanderbilt University, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. we you and I had made friends with people who they're. They came in for four hours a day with headphones on, trying to write lyrics to some chord progression they had going right. through yeah. their headphones. Um, you know, these were folks that were songwriters, but they were also, you know, bartenders at night or, you know, serving coffee themselves somewhere else. Or, yeah. you know, I mean, occasionally these were like big actual, you know, big oh, yeah. big guns who were, they, that, they made plenty of money doing that without any other job. So that was their, sure. you know, yeah. making a living pretty yeah. interesting to be able to run into all walks of life in that that way um oh my god yeah, i guess kind of a serious kind of analogous right. to, to that yeah i uh, very, speaking very of cool. uh other people in that in that era like uh, just off the top of my head a couple people that i remember meeting through starbucks was uh stephen curtis chapman came in for a latte yeah um bill gaither did a hazelnut coffee yeah Sure did. Uh, yeah, I, I poured his. I poured. I think it was a venti. Even it was like he's a glutton. Yeah. Um, Give me that hazelnut uh, coffee. J- <laughs> J- Jimmy Wayne and I remember Jimmy Wayne. Oh, nobody's ever heard of right. him back then. Yeah, man. Uh, he, he was like right before a book he and broke. stuff like that. Yeah, seriously. Wow. It's a good must, dude. Man, we um, all must have been so young back then. I can't even imagine how young he was. I, I need to invite him to be on the podcast because, like, he's written a book of all kinds of stuff. Wow. He's got stories to tell, man. Like, he actually wow. opened up to me one night at Starbucks with with some heartbreaking but incredibly beautiful insights. You know, like just I don't know. That was such a cool, was such a cool time. Such an interesting um, 
place to be too and we just kind of fell into it you know well i was just uh telling a story of you know about like meeting your heroes and how kind of hard that was for a while working in nashville yeah. at a starbucks because like i was serving ben <laughs> like almost on the daily right? but i would quite often like not try to serve him because I, or I would try not to talk to him at least. I would just get his, get his order and just go on because I wanted to keep the magic there, you know, and yeah. I mean, I eventually did Essen Carver's. He's really down, super down to earth dude and like, yeah, very cool. And he was recording, uh, he was producing or recording music with William Shatner the first time I met him. Right. William yeah. Shatner put out a spoken word album with Ben it's a Fold, good album. you know, working with him, uh, well, must've been like 2003. Maybe yeah, it's been a long time. Four or so, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know that. Besides, like I don't know. Besides, like gospel artists, like you mentioned before, even like uh, uh, gosh, Lance Bass from NSYNC. I served him a cappuccino. <laughs> uh, oh, nice. <laughs> um, uh, Patty Griffin. Uh, oh yeah, uh, vocalist. Vocalist. Uh, gosh. Um, so many people. I mean, of course, be, being in Nashville and then being in like the heart of Nashville was just bad yeah, app. And yeah, very, yeah. very cool. Now, on, on the Ben Folds thing, uh, I remember you telling me a couple times about serving him, and I couldn't believe you didn't say something. And nope, I nope didn't want didn't want to do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, one of the key so messages I, just someone I listened to on a CD. <laughs> <laughs> I. I had a, cu- a couple of moments with him. Um, one, which you may or may not recall, I, I don't remember if I told you, but I I got to go to a an intimate Ben Folds concert in Bakersfield that was just him yeah. and a piano, and I gave him the uh, a CD recording of the original version of Arrive at Something. Yeah, we sampled his performance of Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head by Barry Manilow, I think. Is that right? Maybe not not Barry Manilow. Someone else. No, I think think it's his, uh, I I think it was his cover of She Don't Use Jelly, wasn't it? Oh, you're right. That's right. That was grooving on a whole other, yeah, it was the really groovy kind of, Latin beat that he had. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Flaming Lips. Flaming Lips song. She don't use jelly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, boy! Yes, I should. I like you. Was knock on wood. Rewind. What was I thinking when I even tried? 
Never been on a date since I was 19 I use sunscreen, good hygiene, I chew winter green Come on Yvette, what do you expect me to do? I like you and your family too Here is just a little something Why we seem to arrive at nothing Always get this, now Mr. Fanatics, you are dismissed I can list so many girls that rock my world Like a real curl, always getting clown when I go downtown But that's okay, cause I get around I do ballet, that don't make me gay I'm rough and tough, like the guy Blade Jody, you're cute, you're so cute But you're just my friend, okay Give it just a little something While we seem to arrive at nothing Shopping at the local five and dime. Maybe my bad haircut, it could be like a style. A pretty face, wish I had her phone number to dial. Here's my demo tape, it's really good, I swear. Maybe if she heard it, she'd notice all my flair. She smiled a bit as she reads for the tape. I hoped that later I could ask her for a date. She went home without a hesitation. Called me up later at my current location. I asked her how she was, how's the family and such. I said, What you doing? She said, Not much. So I said, Real nice, if with me she'd like to go. She stuttered and fluttered and she answered me, No. It's my voice, it's squeaky, but I'll make up what I lack. She said, No, it's just your demo tape is whack. I gave him that CD and I was like, hey, we sample you on here. I, I did the same thing with uh, with Moon Hooch, with the Waitress song. Yeah. Oh. Um, Wait, you I, talked to Moon Hooch? Yeah, yeah, I went to one of their shows in Saint, no, in Tampa. Dude, and uh, that I, I gave... Awesome. I, I gave all three members um, a copy of, of Summer of the Cicadas. Um, Man. I was... I was hoping I was going to get a, a phone call or an email that said, come on tour with us, but I didn't get that. But they, they Come on tour or and... cease and desist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured one or the other. But they I'm... seemed super cool. <laughs> they, they, they seemed That's like totally cool really with the idea of us sampling them. take in the waitress song.
Just leaning on the bar, mind on my own When she kicked up a cyclone At the rap tap tap full box Just long enough to see she my type Out of nowhere, came a woman a date She was slinging out sniff, just handing out plates Had a way with words, had a way with pints Had a way with six ounces, board flights She looked so great in her outerwear And the way she smiled, had my mind impaired She rocked that apron like she just don't care New edition Bobby Brown, button as a flare All the happy hours round my way Now I'm aware of what you do Thinking I might take the cue Few more minutes till I work the nerve To get the digits Hey waitress, I'm feeling butterflies Every time you ask to take this Order as I practice my lines And this could be bliss We sip on rum and coke extra lines Oh we could pop Chris I pay for bottle service with dimes Pretty cool. Dude, I love um, those dudes because I ran into them at South by Southwest 2014, 2014, South by Southwest. Okay. Uh, and they, I don't know if they had any showcases during South by, but they were, I yeah. ran into them because they were in the middle of the street on 6th Street, downtown Austin, which they closed <laughs> off for the whole week. It's closed off. They're yeah. In the middle of the street, they just plopped down, set up the drum set in their horns. And started a dance party. Just started a dance party. The whole people just gravitated towards them. Incredible. They started playing their, their their groove, and everyone just started dancing. And I was just like, "This is this is what I want to be a part of." Just the spontaneous enjoyment yeah. of yeah. of rhythm. Like, Seriously, awesome. So cool. That's really rad. Like that yeah. makes me feel so tickled to know that they have heard <coughs> our production yeah, they, of their song. <laughs> They, they, um, one of the guys gave, gave me his email and I did email him. I should follow up. Um, he's probably just busy, but yeah, it was, it was a cool conversation and, and they seemed cool with the idea that we, we sampled them and used it on, on a song. And, and then back to Ben Folds. Yeah. So when I gave Ben Folds a CD, uh, you know, he, he smiled and he said it was cool. And, um, he told me not to worry about sample clearances. He was like, you know, I, it's, He's like, it was for a, I did it for a small label in Los Angeles. Like, nobody's going to give you any problems with this. Um, yeah. Now, they did, that, didn't, that didn't fly when we were on Flickr. Um, you know, we... They, we wanted, up, they didn't want know. anything close to the possibility of being called out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. I mean, as but that, It was I pretty mean, cool. Ben Folds, uh, I mean, just speaking of him and uh, sampling that for, for arriving something... Uh, I mean, he had influence on a good handful of other tracks that weren't sampled. Oh, yeah. But they were definitely, oh, yeah. like, melodic or, or, like, chord progression, uh, uh, you know, inspirations, I guess. Kind of like, I really like yeah. the, the feeling he's, he's, he's uh, evoking with his chord progression. I'm going to see if I can play yeah. around with it as yeah. well. Well, that, that's one of the things I love about... Uh, I'm, this is so self-indulgent for me to say this, but... One of the things that I love about our way of That's this episode. Doing, I mean, <laughs> right, right, isn't it? Yeah. But one of the things I love about our way of doing music was, <clears throat> you know, pe people always ask me, like, about influences and that kind of stuff. And, like, I can definitely name some hip-hop stuff, but even tonight when I was talking to that guy at the bar, I was a tripod quest. But if you listen to my stuff, you're not going <laughs> to yeah. know. It's like, oh, oh, it sounds like Q-Tip. Yeah, no, not at all. You're not going to do that at all. 
but you you might listen to it and and be able to pick up that like we're influenced by that but you're not you're not gonna it's it's not a derivative and i i think being musically inclined beyond hip-hop for both of us but especially for you i think influenced our music so much and like one of my favorite songwriters and i have you to thank for this because uh, i didn't like his stuff at first was benjamin gibbard and oh wow like i don't know that you would read my raps and go oh he learned from benjamin gibbard but i could point to things and say like i would never have written anything like this if it happened if it wasn't for ben gibbard and that's funny the the whole post-service thing death cab all of that even some of his solo stuff um yeah especially when oh yeah i like i've i've learned so much about songwriting just by studying his stuff like he's just a unique voice i love it yeah and i know like as far as influences i have that uh i wouldn't don't translate to putting on a royal records album going oh i hear that but i mean production wise uh you mentioned postal service but like yeah, the RZA from Wu Tang or the Beatles. Oh yeah, yeah. Like production, like music production wise. Yeah. Um, like we don't sound like you know hard hitting gangster New York rap uh, right. by our beat standards, but like having that inspiration, we're like, oh, you can get away with with this kind of a sample, or you can get away with this kind of a like nasty ass uh, you know drum beat, like um, and, and just being like, okay, this <laughs> right. really changes changes everything because everything I hear on the radio is like to me a cheesy electronic drum set with a really crappy synthesizer you know the quality of a Yamaha uh, <laughs> keyboard that I had at home and I'm like what? yeah, what's yeah. going on here <laughs> like yeah good there's good hip-hop out there why is the popular stuff so simple and dumbed down and like not really flexing the creativity that truly does exist. Like right. you have to prove you're a creative person in, in the hip hop scene because there's so much yeah. fighting that goes on. Like to, to be like, no, I, I swear I'm an educated person. Like I, I took time right. to learn yeah. music theory. Like, so what if this is well, hip hop? I'm, I'm trying to make something pretty here too. Yeah, I, I think it's such a complicated thing with hip-hop because, it, you know, it came from the streets where people didn't have money for instruments, and so they used turntables, yeah. right? And, you yeah. know, they, they weren't getting musical training, so they they didn't know uh, music theory and, and stuff like that. But I think that's part of the brilliance of it initially, but in the wrong hands, like, that doesn't go far. So... Like one of the things I always talk about in, you know, if if people hear that I, I have a music group or whatever, they want to know what I play. And, you know, so I can talk about how I grew up playing drums. But when it comes to Royal Ruckus, like, dude, in the thing I always say, and I, I may have the facts wrong a little bit, but, you know, I took music lessons from fourth grade to 12th grade um, for percussion. And in six months with a drum set and a couple drumsticks and no music lessons, you were better than me. I Sometimes people are just musically inclined, right? And so, like, I think that's the brilliance of hip-hop is that there were gifted, natural people in the early days. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't have access to the training, but it just came naturally. 
and and so yeah. hip hop became this this incredible thing. Uh, but then you bring other people who aren't as talented in, and they don't have the training still, and then you get what we have today. And <laughs> it oh sucks. boy, I mean, I can, I can tell you some of the tracks that like my that my son listens to, and I'm like, I I totally see why you find this catchy, and I'm singing along with you. But oh my gosh, these lyrics are cheesy, childish, and simple. Really, and you piece together the silliest 808 sounds, but you also, yeah, you know. Someone producer also knew how to turn up the bass and made that you know track bang sure. in a car, so you can get away with it. But man, <laughs> like, there's only so much like mumble rap I can I can get with yeah. before being yeah. like I don't I don't I don't have enough cough syrup to drink to keep up with you, bro. Like this isn't gonna work. <laughs> Can't yeah, do it. Yeah. So this this has been a great conversation, but I really haven't even gotten started on my questions and stuff. Um, <laughs> so, like, Whoops. we we don't want this to be uh, ten episodes. So um, I I did want to start with some lighthearted stuff, which we we kind of yeah. did a little bit. But um, as you know, one of the things on this podcast is what are we drinking? Are you drinking anything? Well, uh, I was a little bit earlier. I wanted to have, you know, a brew available. Uh, so I did want to talk about a tasty coffee brew uh, <laughs> that, uh, that I've been enjoying. Nice. Um, and I, I really want to, uh, gosh. Um, so uh, local coffee roasters here in Austin, Texas, Wild Gift uh, is what they're called. And uh, they have a coffee. Uh, I don't know how much longer it's going to be available because they don't just have the same coffee around. They have what they have, depending on, you know, yeah. what they bought from whatever country they visited. So um, I've been drinking That's at cool. home this uh, lovely uh, coffee from Chiapas, Mexico, that, uh, called the F- uh, Finca La Victoria. Um, it, it's mm. a Mexican coffee. You don't see Mexican, you know, most, you know, any gas station will be talking about their Colombian coffee because the Colombian yeah. coffee, you know, trade industry back in the 80s and 90s, pushed real hard for their their product. And Colombian coffee is amazing coffee still. I mean, I have a big yeah. coffee bag in my room from Colombia, uh, you know, that I have on my wall as wall art. And it's just a big burlap sack, but it's, you know, a nice. beautiful, it's a beautiful burlap sack. It came from Colombia, yeah. uh, from, uh, from Huila. Um, but this, this coffee from Mexico, from Wild Gift, uh, it's, it's got some really classic flavors. It's like when it cools down, you can gulp it all day long and not get a heartburn like some coffees can. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, it, it, we were serving it at Epoch uh, up until recently until we switched over to another uh, another single origin uh, from Colombia, speaking of Colombia. Um, but uh, uh, this has been like a recent big favorite of mine. It's one of those things where like you just, I, I sip it, you know, 10 minutes in after brewing it, I take a sip and it kind of makes me chuckle at just like how <laughs> damn good coffee can be. Wow. Like, and you have it dialed in. Yeah. It just kind of like gives you a shiver. I don't know. Maybe I get really romantic about coffee. Like sometimes it literally gives me shivers, you know, down my back. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, this is magic, magic right here. Like true magic. It's really, yeah. really awesome. Um, so that's, well, I, that's my let, contribution I wanna, to, to our brew. 
I want to interrupt you before I before I ask you some more questions about that. And yeah, uh, I know I know for me a big turning point in my coffee drinking was um, was when we worked at Starbucks and we had the super ridiculous uh, manager and assistant manager, and they they made us do the uh, samplings and coffee presses um, every yeah. shift. But that was yeah. wonderful. Like, that was the best thing that they did because suddenly, like, it was like wine tasting. And suddenly one coffee yeah. to another, like, there were intricacies of the coffee that you could catch just by, like, isolating it and then, like, maybe bringing yeah. in a pastry or something and being like, yeah. whoa, this is a completely different experience than that other coffee I had yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, like if uh, if all you do is like drink your lattes with the with the flavoring, or 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 even just like I'm a black coffee drinker right now, but yeah. if I'm just sipping on black coffee from one place to another, it's not like I don't nerd out over the nuances. But like when you take the time to sit down and really focus, like there yeah. there can be a huge difference from one coffee to another. Yeah. I mean, I even have strong opinions on like why you should or shouldn't do the French press anymore, if, you know, to get oh really the full ex- full expression of the coffee you're drinking. Um, that being said, I actually have an upcoming date uh, where I will be teaching a homebrew class uh, for my neighbors at the you know people that live in the neighborhood where I, where I work and. Uh, I will be teaching them how to do a French press, even though we don't offer French press as an option in the cafe. I want to make sure, you know, a lot of folks have bought French presses in the last 20 years since Starbucks got popular yeah. and really pushed that. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, this what what it coffee industry calls second second wave coffee, which was pretty much, you know, uh, jump started with Starbucks being everywhere all of a sudden. Um, you know, tons of people have French presses at home, uh, and they don't have the time or desire to learn how to do, you know, hand pour over coffee. They would like a, a yeah. steeping method where they can just pour pour their water in a vessel and and let it steep, and then and take a drink and have more than you know more than a ten ounce cup of coffee, you know, because maybe they want to share with friends yeah. or they're making coffee for their family for breakfast, and you know, that's it's that's it's a great way to like do an air. Yeah, it's it's a good way to go. So. You know that that being it, said, it, uh, it's it's it, it still has its place, and you know I'm still a yeah. big fan of it. But do it, us doing what we did at Starbucks, you know, really cracked open the door. I I yeah. went through eventually after you had, you had eventually left Starbucks, but I went to the Black Apron program, which at the time yeah. was you know an advanced you know advanced. Uh, advanced coffee education I, I learned more about you know these subtleties and how to talk about coffee and how to taste and how to t- talk about what you're tasting and smelling and all that fun yeah. stuff uh, really hit now, really it, hit all that is your so is your favorite way to have coffee a, a pour over then I would say my favorite way to brew myself a cup of coffee is is a pour over method called the V60 which uh, uh, you can most easily find from the Japanese glass company Hario. Uh, they have pretty much like locked down the V60, which simply means V-shaped cone at a 60-degree angle. It's not, you know, it's not a car model. It's it's actually really literally describing the okay. method. So it's, I mean, it's a perfect circular circular cone. It's not like a like a Molina filter, which is cone shaped, but it's like still kind of angled like a triangle sort of this is like a perfect cone 
that's at a 60 degree okay. angle that's v v shaped and um it you to do it you you have to you know be trained on it. you have to know what you're doing you have to have the grind size sure. right you have to have your pour method down right like when you're going to pour the water and yeah. you watch the drawdown you watch the coffee you know pass through the ground through the filter and then into your cup or whatever vessel you're brewing into and uh from there uh i've just found a you know, a re I've got a recipe that I use at home uh, that's that's based uh, tightly on a recipe we used to use at, at, at my cafe. Um, but we don't use more. We, we switch over to a slightly different salad pour just for consistency's sake. But when you have the V60 down, it just it pulls out some really tasty coffee, and it's really light-bodied. Like, it's, it's, not, it's the opposite of, well, I wouldn't say the opposite, but it's, it's not a French press. French press, okay. you've got the oils, you've got, you know, some of the the fines from the grinds tend to end up in your cup, and you can take yeah, that, yeah. you know, it's sure. part of your cup. Um, you, you know, and there's, there's a place for that. But with with uh, with this type of pour over, it just kind of focuses a lot on this the coffee and 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 or on the you know these these subtle notes you can kind of pick out. And, yeah, and uh, yeah, I feel like really does a good job. Now there are some coffees might be better. With a steeping method like an arrow, like an arrow press, which an arrow press is basically a tiny plastic paper filter version of a French press, but it uses air pressure okay. to do the pressing instead of just you know, pushing your hand down on a lever. With the French press, sure. this actually uses air pressure. As such, it uh, you know, it it uh, I don't have the science behind it, but uh, it you know it it, it brings up the coffee right, right. flavors even more more pronounced so some you know more wacky coffees you can do a steep method or immersion method like a french press or an arrow press and you can right. really like blow out some of those flavors in a really interesting way um but uh, yeah I, you know i'm just rocking the v60 at home these days <laughs> I get, yeah, you, you, you've got a you coffee game about that's, coffee. <laughs> that's above and beyond now coffee's going in the title of this episode for sure um, that's amazing. So I, I've got one more coffee question for you, and then we then we really got to get down to business. But yeah, yeah. Uh, do you do you have a region that you would put at number one for your coffee? Oh, so man, <laughs> I would say number <laughs> one. Tough questions first. <laughs> well, I I want to say Indonesia, but only because I it's hard to find Indo like a good. Well, it's hard to find Indonesian these days if you're not going to Starbucks and buying their Sumatra, which they've had a bag of Sumatra for all time sure. and eternity, it seems. Um, and it's a very tasty coffee. That was my introduction to Indonesian coffee. Indonesian coffee tends to be earthy, mushroomy, musty, like uh, moist smelling. Like it, it doesn't smell sweet usually. Um, yeah. It's no acidity at all. Like, like I was saying earlier about that Mexican coffee. Like these low acidic, uh, you know, and the acidity usually is just perceived, uh, not necessarily meaning there's like a you know a pH difference, you know, from coffee to coffee just based on the bean. But um, Indonesian coffee, I just find so interesting, just, just because it was grown, you know, on some small one of the hundreds of small islands in Indonesia, you know, in that part of the world, it just evokes a certain flavor. Uh, that being said, I don't have like a go-to Indonesian. Like, it's kind of just like, if someone right. has some, I'd say, you know, give me some, you know, can you please share with me? Can I have some? Give me that. 
title, the money, the deal, the whole position. I'm taking over as overlord of gold acquisition. Yeah, that's my mission, spazzing on these cats that's hissing. Pissing me off with these wax scratches and bad submissions. I ain't ceasing till I'm seizing with the Coliseum. I ain't leaving till these greetings all in mausoleums. Yeah, yeah, that's how I see them. They feeling brand new. I grab crews and obsolete. The past in the castles, I lasso asses that dazzle these rascals. Faster and faster expansion happens. I'm macking these damsels. Accurate actions and passion that you can't capture in capsules. Acumen accolades adding to the stacks. Believe that. Bring it back. Come rewind. There's stacks of cash. I make them mine. Truck up, let's load it up, bruh. It's non-negotiable, my holdings grow with every plunder. Don't gotta wonder, we are taking the armoire. We trade the payments for stocks, bonds, and a bomb car. With cream color Rari, damn that is a cool whip. Fools trip off my diamond encrusted pool stick. I thought I told you that I'm getting mine, so give me mine. Bring it back, come rewind. All them stacks, I make them mine. From past to the castles, I lasso asses that dazzle these rascals. Faster and faster expansion happens, I'm macking these damsels. Accurate actions and passion that you can't capture in capsules. Acumen accolades adding to the stacks. Believe that. Bring it back, come rewind. There's stacks of cash, I make them mine. Coffee community is very definitely the coffee community I'm 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 a part of. We it's it's just it's all about sharing. It's about sharing knowledge and about sharing yeah. experiences yeah. and tastes and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I would put Indonesia as like the coffee I want to try if I can. Um, otherwise, shoot, I don't know. I think Mexican coffee, like I was saying earlier, I've just been kind of been on a roll trying out Mexican coffee. Uh, I, I remember at Starbucks. Uh, when we were working there, they introduced the Shade Grown Mexico. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Mexico. And it was, you know, uh, I don't, I, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't technically organic or fair trade, but it was grown organically and it was, uh, it met fair trade obligations, but it didn't, you know, uh, a lot of, it still is true today. A lot of coffee farmers yeah. are making quality quality coffee uh, they're doing without pesticides yeah. they're doing it naturally shade grown in mexico you know has certain benefits to it for pests for pest control um you know grown on the side of a mountain uh usually um and uh uh wow but but it's really expensive to get that stamp on your bag to get that word on your yeah bag. yeah 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 fair, fair certification is yeah. ridiculous it, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a whole racket. Um, you know, as such, people have gone a different route. This direct trade is, is a buzzword. It doesn't technically have a strict definition, but it's thrown around a lot in the coffee world now. Uh, like fair trade yeah. used to be uh, to mean this roasting company bought this coffee from the farmer that's on the bag and yeah, got yeah. bought that at a fair price, rather than this roaster 
paid, a, you know, whatever per pound from some middleman who bought from some exporter who bought from some co-op. And so, you know, uh, so-and-so, you know, in Guatemala is, is not getting all, as much money as they should to make, to keep coffee like a, a reliable crop for them to keep growing to feed their family. Yeah. And, you know, why not just grow corn or soy? Or cotton or something else. Yeah. Like, yeah. Coffee is consumed yeah. as a commodity for a lot of people still and, and not realize, you know, the, it's not sustainable to treat it like a commodity. <laughs> to treat it like sugar. To treat it like right. plain right. white sugar uh, or, or flour. You know, un- all flour is pretty much the same unless you're buying something that's formulated specially or has a certain amount of protein in it or whatever. I mean, coffee yeah. is not just coffee. Uh, you know, as such things should be treated as such. I mean, like, uh, I'm on about that as well. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, Mike talks about coffee for an an hour straight. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) So, yeah. So I'm, I'm currently drinking a Sam Adams pumpkin, whatever. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. I'm okay with pumpkin ales, but, um, at the brewery, I, I had some IPAs. I was at Saltwater Brewery in Del Rey. Um, that's my preferred place to go. Great beer. I don't think they're the best in Florida. I don't mean that in a haterade kind of way. Um, oh no! I just think that they they have solid beer, and like I think it's a good spot. I love the I love the people. I love the atmosphere. That's what I go there for. Um, plus, sometimes, and I don't know if you know know this about me, but like. I always say like Guinness is my go-to beer, uh, although I probably yeah. don't drink it very often. Uh, but I really like it as like a beer to drink just at any time. Um, yeah, but I, I think I'm like, probably definitely with you on that, especially since like I don't like high alcohol beers so much anymore these days because I'm a bit oh, of a really? cheap date. So uh, uh, high one ounce <laughs> high alcohol, you know, uh, an imperial uh, IPA might. Uh, you know, yeah. make me want to go to bed after after an hour. Right. Whereas, like, Guinness, I'm like, oh, it's, it's lightly carbonated. It tastes like coffee. Um, it oh, it's doesn't so, yeah, get me so too good. goofy too fast. I mean, it's, it, and it's, it's pretty. It's found in a lot of places now. So you can be like, I don't yeah, have to settle exactly. for a can of, of crappy water beer. I can, yeah, I can get Guinness. Guinness is a, a widely accepted you know, beer everywhere. It's got a great mouthfeel. Um, it, believe it or not, you know, yeah. well, you probably know this, but, but, you know, for most people don't realize this, they think, oh, it's it's black, it's heavy, you know, like, it's so dark. Like, no, it's not. It, it must be, like, it's it's real. yeah, like, you know, calories, carbs in the most beers. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's not a, it's Pretty not funny. a Michelob Ultra, but it, it you no. know, it is lower in carbs and, and calories so it's like anyway. least likely to give me too bad of a headache if i go <laughs> for that reason for yeah, that reason yeah. I'm, I'm not a, i'm not a lightweight you know this about me um yeah but champ but I, I i do i do like to pace myself um and yeah. i you know i'm not the kind of guy that's gonna chug a beer apart from our you know beer bong days that that that's oh, yeah, well, a side note, but party the party the party. Um, 
my car is better than yours and you're no good. These fools talking trash about what's under the hood. Fools spend some time acknowledging and swallowing what's real. And fill your heart with your strength and love, you'll just chill. Jump into the beat, we take a seat, let you see our souls. We show our best, we ace the test and escape the rest. Originality and loops, peace and streams that base in love. Interrogating demons, chucking feelings, put on the glove. If it don't fit, then you're freaking your case. Death in the end comes to you, bad boy like me. But he said he's a change man, change like Alice. Cooper, 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 Super, Duper, Super, Looper, Twisting, Turning, Turning, Learning of your horrible past. Escape from that hatred and live for one that lasts. Running through your town, banging drums on your day. We play all our shows through our lives without getting paid. Respect, we rock a mic check. In effect, the hip hop cafe with skills, don't get it. Like my girly, I'm a psychopathy, I'm a rock cross style. We invite, he's alive. And sackcloth, fashion, spray can, plan, and fast in the dirt. Across the table, willing and able. Texas, so you're you're surrounded by tacos. Uh, what's your favorite kind of taco? Yeah. Uh, pork, pork al pastor. Uh, I think I've heard you yeah. say you're pretty much the same. Like that's how yeah. I judge a taco shop. If they have it on the menu, I'm going to order it, and I'm going to judge you Absolutely. on it. Um, not that yeah. I have like a a sharpened palate for al pastor, but if it tastes good, I'm going to like it. Um, yeah. 
but not everyone has all pets or it's, it's kind of, it can be kind of weird, but like, uh, yeah. there, there's a shop that actually just opened up. It's a, it's a local chain, but they just opened a location in my neighborhood and they, they serve al pastor off, like off the kebab, off the spit. Like yeah, you and nice. I saw in Rosarito, Mexico street tacos. Yeah. Like yeah. They, they shave Mind it off the spit. Blowing. There's a big fat, big fat pineapple on top that's drooling all its yeah. sugary juices over the thing you know this pink meat and um, you know they, they serve it with the onion and cilantro you know it's not like Baja style you know I grew up on right. the west coast a taco with meat cilantro onions and radish uh, I, I don't see yeah, any yeah, radish yeah. out here right. uh, unfortunately okay. I guess like I could shop around a little more but you know just like this Mexican street <laughs> taco onions onion cilantro meat maybe like a sauce and like maybe a sure. cheese but they usually like some of these menus they have like you know served on a corn tortilla you're getting like the you know the mexican street taco version and they have kind of like the more white boy version where you have right. like, where it instead it, it also comes on a flour tortilla with like cheese and lettuce and oh, a couple yeah, other yeah, things yeah. that are a little more americanized which are also really good but a little more like on the sure. food <laughs> adding that mix of junk food for me oh absolutely it really street taco on corn like, but I want a taco on corn, soft corn, doubled yeah. doubled up on the tortilla if you if you offer it like double corn tortilla soft. Um, uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm in taco paradise these days. I, I feel like <laughs> I gave up Mexican are. food for a decade. Like living in Tennessee, I I, I yeah I kind of involuntarily gave up Mexican food because I was a snob from eating taking eating and taking for granted the food we had in california and you know mexico yeah. oh, visiting yeah. mexico from time to time was was really it uh, as such i'm now in a town where people joke often invented the breakfast taco i i know that's a lie and i don't actually know anyone that says that it's kind of a <laughs> kind of a meme to say to complain about people saying that Austin invented the breakfast taco but yeah but uh oh yeah i mean i know you 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 indulged plenty and i i showed you around when you were visiting uh some of my favorite oh, yeah. favorite joints you know taco deli tyson's um dude you know, I, I, I actually gained i gained weight when i was there man like Jeez. and all i all i consumed pretty much was with tacos beer and liquor and i fully gained yeah. um five or ten pounds in the week that i was yeah. there or wasn't however long i was there <laughs> uh, pretty amazing do you know the history of all pastor no i don't know anything about it i know it means no i don't, I don't know anything about it actually at all all right so I'm, I'm i'm not gonna blow your mind here really but just like the sh long and short of it is Lebanese immigrants to Mexico brought with them the whole like uh, wow know, that's like explains the, like the spit like the whole yeah rotating yeah like it, it kebab, basically like a, like it basically gyro, came from from gyros yeah exactly exactly so yeah because I've seen they, falafel I guess on on a on a spit like turning around I guess I think I'm using yeah. that word right or whatever lamb maybe um, yeah so lamb so they, they 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 were used to putting lamb on the spit and then they came over to Mexico and uh, that was a little more difficult to, to come across so they started using pork and that gradually turned into al pastor. Um, wow. That's about all I know. That's a cool it, story. That's cool. Yeah, it's, well, it's kind of fun it's, to hear about these things that you're like, oh, this is Mexican, but you're also like, oh, Mexican has a history of people moving there too just like any other country absolutely. does. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. beer, Mexican beer is 
German beer. Yeah, it's, or yeah exactly. Beer. It's not Mexico beer. It's from Mexico. They learned how to brew beer from the Germans. Yeah, and and the, and then they put their own spin on it, and it became a new yeah. thing. And that's that's what's so beautiful exactly. about it. So, uh, or even cool, like man. Uh, like certain forms of music that had brass music came from European, you know, polka, like yeah. Like yeah, adopting like horn, you know, that's pretty wild, pretty wild. So, speaking of that, um, and this is again off uh, off course here, but you introduced me to Herb Alpert, and that we sampled that dude's <laughs> Herb music Alpert. in so Herb many Brad. songs. Yeah, absolutely he brilliant stuff, up man. In a good chunk of solo stuff you did. Um, some interludes, some instrumentals, uh, some of our early stuff, um, and that was just because my dad, uh, my dad apparently was a big fan of the of the dude and had a good <laughs> bunch of his records on vinyl, and I was like oh, reading man. my my father's record collection for samples, you know, feeling yeah. like I'm DJ Shadow digging in crates for for samples. Yeah, so I was pulling off from you know pop hits from the '60s and '70s. You know, yeah. trumpet-led melody instrumental, you know, covers of Beatles and uh, other other pop groups of the time uh, being performed by Herb Alpert. So funny. Uh, but I would say, like, I was... Uh, the inspiration to even go that route was because uh, Delinquent Habits, I think, have have a song. Yeah, yeah. They no, they... They, they did that a lot. The mariachi song. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that was kind of their shit, that Herb Alpert right? sampled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, exactly. Like they had a lot of like mariachi and, and other like horn samples all over the place. And yeah, I mean them being uh, you know adjacent to Cypress Hill, uh, you know being yeah. part of that family, you know their production was like it was like listening to you know a different version of a you know of a of a Cypress Hill or even what like House of Pain, like that whole yeah. that whole family of of people making making albums and producing each other's albums and beats and writing songs for other people. Uh, big, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Obviously, so, big influence on me, Cypress Hill. Man, that, that's that, production-wise. That whole camp, like, here, here's the brilliant... I was thinking about this the other day. Um, so that whole camp the angle to take on things. Number one, there was, like, the whole Soul Assassins, DJ Muggs thing. Yeah. Uh, with, with House of Pain, they had DJ Lethal as well on production mm-hmm. but they were all they were very similar but each group had like their own thing and they they found yeah like so so the vibe was similar but it was different from each one and then like yeah cypress hill they were kind of like gangsterish potheads which is kind of yeah, weird well, like if if you're if you're blitzed out you're not talking about how you're going to kill a man but i'm guessing yeah, they kill well, people got... and then get blitzed i don't know um, <laughs> I feel like I got away with listening to Delinquent Habits because they weren't so in your face about you know their vices like Cypress Hill was like yeah and everyone yeah. knew if you listen to Cypress Hill you're listening to gangster stoner hip hop like explicitly yeah. talking about you know smoking weed and shooting people like that's not yeah gonna make yeah it, you know a, a suburban you know parent happy to hear but like delinquent oh yeah yeah. i don't know some of their stuff was pretty gangster but like their beats were really good and they weren't like super in your face like i could go into my garage and put on delinquent habits uh you know and like 
you know, act like I'm scratching over them with, you know, the couple of crappy turntables I had yeah. while I was playing a Dinko and Habits beat. And, well, they, they were you know, just, like, it, proud of being rappers and being Mexicans. Like, yeah. like that's, it was like, here comes the horns, you know, like, let's rap yeah. about, like, so they, they, they had their thing, and it was like being Mexican, and then, like, House of Pain was all about being the Irish arch. and drinking beer. Right. And then yeah. and then Funk Dubious was I don't, I don't know if you ever really got yeah, Funk Dubious but Funk Dubious you know they they were like were the porn heads which they probably were the worst of the bad terrible for them but oh, like yeah, they still made yeah yeah it was yeah exactly and and uh, so it was like kind of brilliant because like all of those all those guys kind of had like a thing that you would know them for. And then they had a slightly yeah. different flavor in their music. But there was like this common thread that ran through all of them. And it was such a great era and and uh, such a great company of artists to, to draw inspiration off of, you know? And it turned into us sampling Herb Alpert on a number of tracks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, I mean, there was a direct influence of me going digging for samples on a Herb Alpert album. Like it's, it's so funny, and, and to, that's to the trace fun that. thing too. Though, like with you, um, so what? One of the things, yeah, okay. So, so I'm gonna backtrack for a second, and that's that. Yeah, it's been weird, like doing these interviews and shows without you, because I'm so used yeah, to the. Sure. You know, years ago it was like the two of us. I'm still, obviously, like the Goonies guy. I'm a mouth, you know, like, but <laughs> you. You have always been there, you know, <clears throat> to to be to be part of it and to speak up when I need to yeah. shut up, and and yeah. to be doing it on my own, you know. And people are asking lots of questions because we're a duo. Like I I go on stage and go, hey, I'm one half of you know Royal Ruckus, and and people are always like, well, where's your guy? You know, where where's where's the other guy? And so I talk about it, and then and then I've done some interviews where I've, I've talked about like inspirations and my my understanding. And you can help fill this in, but my understanding is like when we decided to work together. Obviously, we're we're just in freaking high school, so we're kids, you know. Um, yeah. When we decided to work together, we had very little like hip hop influence. Uh, the best yeah. I can figure, at least in the early days, was like, you liked Wu-Tang, you liked Beasties, you know, yeah. Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, L.A. Symphony. Sure. But I'm not sure there was really much beyond, oh, UMCs, but that's a little more obscure. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but like, I, I feel like there wasn't much more than that. You just had sort of like a bare minimum, but what you had was incredible. Like... Wu Tang is not a bad place to start off as an influence, right? <laughs> I mean, that is uh, monumentally groundbreaking now, with with the uh, through the gla through the through the the visor of time. We yeah, can see that uh, all those early Wu Tang albums like changed so much of the game now, yeah. and we it's taken for granted, but. Uh, I've, I've had some really great conversations with some coworkers. We're closing down the shop at night, and you know the stores closed. We're like, let's let's throw on uh, Liquid Swords by by Jizza, and yeah. you know, they went, and all of a sudden we're like, oh my god, I can't believe 
how much like everyone now knows this album and can say yeah you know how this influenced them and you know this was a, a you know apparently a time when uh, the rizzo was just like literally in his his house's basement and it was like a, a open an open door uh, anyone in, in the Wu Tang could, wow. could come by and like say, "Hey, I like that beat. I want to use that for my solo album," or it could be, "Hey, that's great. Let's turn this into something for the for the whole group." You know, uh, uh, so like the first Wu Tang album, uh, "Enter the Thirty Six Chambers," uh, Jizz's Liquid Swords, uh, uh, Method Man's uh, first album, uh, Rekwon's, uh "Only Built for Cuban Links," um, are are all albums that were recorded like around the exact same time and you can hear it in those just like dirty production style that like yeah. blew everyone's mind blew everyone's mind once they heard it like yeah kung fu samples scary scary violin stabs uh <laughs> funk and like old funk and soul samples vocal samples you've never heard and then some that are like super obvious and, and just like blending it all together you know that really blew my mind when i was 14 14 yeah, I was probably 14 when i first heard Wu-Tang. yeah wow uh 15 15 was when 15 98 15 was when you and i hooked up and started making music i mean that's after you and i had been friends yeah since i was probably five or six like already for ten years, going living in the same neighborhood, going to the same school, going to the same church. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it wasn't until like you heard me just goofing around with some instrumental stuff I was messing with, you know, influenced probably. I, I can't even say what I was influenced at the time. Maybe, maybe Cypress Hill, maybe Beastie Boys, maybe maybe Wu Tang. It didn't sure. sound like any of those groups, but that was getting production. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, production like uh, tricks and tips by listening to that stuff that made me go like oh I can do this and get away with it kind of a thing um well and that, that's the thing who knows so weird you were then and are now so musically diverse and uh and and, and I'm not trying to puff you up but musically talented naturally and and came from yeah I mean your mother was an incredible singer and like so like yeah. you kind of had it in in your in your vein <laughs> yeah and it felt super you know natural. i can re- like, i can I mean, remember I, like natural supernatural in a not, non-supernatural like, way. super <laughs> super <laughs> not super space natural like you get no yeah exactly but but i i i remember like gosh uh oh what was the song um i wrote it after september 11th that's gonna be behind the scenes or yeah yeah is yeah, that that's it? the one. So, so behind the scenes, I was, you know, like I had had some professional stuff that was frustrating at, at the school I worked oh, at. Yeah, and then, that's right. And then, like September 11th happened, and then you know, some girl broke my heart or whatever was going on at the moment. I just had a few things all happening at once, and there was this Pete Rock beat. I don't even remember what what song it was. Oh, I, I will tell Pete, you, it, was, it okay. was a Pete Rock remix of Notorious B.I.G.'s Juicy, which I still rock. Because that <laughs> beat really? is sick. And I only have that <laughs> swingy, boom-bappy sound 
because of that Pete Rock remix of Juicy by Notorious. And it was, it was instrumental.
<laughs> yeah. like, I'm just going to copy the swing from this beat, this Pete Rock beat, because everything, like, I kept buying vinyls, and, like, on the B side, there'd be, you know, singles, and on the B side, there'd be Pete Rock yeah. remix, you know, yeah. DOS effects. Or, you know, anything. Yeah. There's like always this Pete Rock remix. I'm like, all right, dude, like, you're awesome. Dude, um, that, have you have you have you heard, oh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna shut up. You you finished that story, but I, I wanna talk to you about <laughs> Pete Rock. You're gonna you're gonna dig this. Yeah, but go ahead. But just finding Pete Rock and like realizing, oh, he wants me to cop a Pete Rock beat, I will totally do that. But it it literally was <laughs> I, I I feel like showing my hand of cards here, but like I, I copped the yeah. drum beat straight up. There's like a hi hat only on the one and three. Really? Like an open hi hat, like a like a hi, on the one and three. There's wow. um, you know yeah. the boop, 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 like just you know the bass and the snare really close together for that swing. Uh, you know like you know hidden triplets in there. Yeah. Um, and then I just happened to have that pretty awesome uh, piano sample handy, so I just threw it on top and it blended together so well. I'm pretty sure yeah. the the beat is that drum track, you know, just playing and ducked out here and there, that piano sample looping, wow. and uh, a real simple bass line, and then I think some, like, yeah. scratches in between verses um, that I did yeah, not yeah. scratch myself. Yeah. They were purchased or sampled from, like, a production <laughs> kit. I'm <laughs> like, here's... Use this to make hip hop music. It's a sample of someone. You don't. You, you 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 don't tell people if you don't. Should play. I not you, say you that? Just don't tell that. <laughs> well, so, what, 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 what? so here here's the thing that 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 was amazing for me uh, with that, and that was that was a big moment I think um, for me songwriting and then requesting music f- from you because I think. Things happened a little more prior to that. Things happened a little more organically. Um, on the first album, I made a couple. Oh, beats. sure. They were like the worst beats on the album. Um, <laughs> I I think when I bought the Groove Box, I I started some seeds of beats, but I think you generally finished them. I don't think I did a, a complete beat oh, yeah. on the Groove Box. But but when that happened, when when I did that behind the scenes to a Pete Rock beat and then I said this is what I wrote to and you came back with something that felt the same way but sounded refreshingly different in in many ways and then I rapped over it and it worked so well that kind of became a thing that I did a number of times since then uh, including on our, on yeah. our most recent album you know I I'd throw you something that I found from some, you know, beat maker website and yeah. you'd come up with something that blew it out of the water. Like, why would I bother buying it from this producer when you did something totally different and it's actually our work, you know, or your work, I should say. Yeah. Um, it's your work that I can write over instead of some guy I've never met. Like that's, I don't know. That, that was a, that was a big thing. And, and you know, I don't think hip hop has any shame being derivative, uh, especially not these days. Everybody's derivative sure of everybody, not. but sure um, but at, at the same time, I think you to to maintain legitimacy, you have to bring something original to the table as well. And what what I love, well, here here's a good example. Um, 
from I, I don't want to jump ahead too far to another future podcast with you, but um, never known a love like this that we just did on some of the cicadas. Oh yeah, I sent you um, a song from a Greek pop artist, and I said those horns are incredible. <laughs> yeah, you should sample them. <laughs> and I heard in my mind this dark Wu-Tang beat. And you came back with this bright pop song, and like we had completely different visions for how to use the sample, but like what you did worked. But like when we put our heads together, like what comes out is is so different that it works, you know. I always feel uh, I feel especially accomplished when I do those. Like when you have a hand in producing the beat, like uh, that's that's how I look at it. Like the Royal Records beat, you didn't sit at a computer and you know you know, whittle away the minutia of the beat, but you right. gave clear direction and clear opinions and clear, you know, uh, yeah. even yeah. just like giving me, giving me descriptive words to use to be to be like, hey, I, w- I want it to feel like this or sound like this or something like really helps. Yeah. Be like, okay, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm very confident in my ability to be original, but I'm also very, I, ha- I, get a, I have a lot of fun biting or being directly influenced by something and, yeah, and, and yeah. then turn, turning into a royal record beat uh, we were talking just you know a minute ago about uh, giving me examples from other beat makers and being like hey I like this beat what can you do um, I always felt kind of like uh, Tom Green in his undercutters pizza uh, where <laughs> he would follow a guy delivering a pizza and claim to give a better pizza for cheaper <laughs> right at the front door. Um, here, here I am going, Jamie, don't don't pay this guy two hundred dollars. I'll make it for you for free because I like the world record music and you know what you want it to sound like. Yeah. It's like already five steps ahead for me having to you know figure out an original yeah. sound for for a beat. You've already got something going. Right. How about I just do this and save you two hundred bucks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get a kick out of that. I, I, it's, it's fun. On that, uh, was the Happy Bug EP? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, the ha- the Happy or, Bug. Uh, yeah. because, because okay, yeah. so here here's here's a fun thing about that uh, that you may or may not recall was 
So we were hanging out, or at least I was. I, you you did to some degree, um, but I think I was with mobilized dirt? a little bit more. Yeah, we were hanging out with Dirt a lot. Yeah, and, and you were like honorary you, member you, of Shadow of the Locust or something. Yeah. yeah. So, what, but but see, what happened there was um, you started doing stuff with the posters. So oh, you yeah. you had this rock band thing going on, always which was band a in my fantastic back. group. <laughs> always, always. You you can't hold this guy down, right? Like you you are constantly. I mean, you guys were were like playing a lot, and and yeah, that was we great. Played a lot of shit. But I was like, I was like completely focused on Royal Ruckus, even to the detriment of like my college education. Awesome. <laughs> and and like you're you were doing this rock stuff on the side, or if you can even call it the side, it was fifty fifty or something. Yeah, and it was like I thought two... basically at some point I thought Royal Ruckus is gonna die, and if I want to keep doing this, I have to find a way to go forward. And I was I was whining to Dirt about it. I wasn't even complaining about you. I was just like, I just don't know what to do because this is what I'm trying to do, and and he's being pulled you know, over here as well. And Dirt said, well, you can be in Shadow of the Locust. Like, if you need a crew, I'm your crew, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. And so I was I like, got you, oh, brother. well, I can, I can represent two crews. Like, why not? You know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, so that was when I was working on the solo stuff. So I was like, you know what? This is Shadow of the Locust and Royal Ruckus, uh, that I'm representing. And then, and then not too long after that, I won't get into it right now because I, I, I want to get into it in a, in a later conversation with you, but that's when we started getting national attention. And I think that... Oh, that's right. That facilitated you and me having a conversation where uh, what you essentially told me was, well, you know, if that's how it's going to be, you know, if we're, we're going to get the attention from record labels, like, I want to be in multiple bands, but Royal Records will be my top priority. And yeah. once I had that, like, that was that was fine. That's all I. That's kind of all I needed. And and uh... yeah, boy. All right, you've been listening sure. to Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. This is Chun Jay uh, from Royal Ruckus, also known as Jamie Bennett, and I'm here with Michael Walker, sometimes AKA Flatline, sometimes AKA <laughs> MP Walker. Nice. Good. Good handful. Well, dude, it's. It's really been uh, been great to chat with you. It's always great to chat with you. This is probably uh, tricking you to come on a podcast is my way of uh, getting you on the phone for an hour, which neither of us really enjoy talking on the phone. So <laughs> that's true. That's very true. But this feels very natural, and, uh, and uh, it feels. I mean, it feels a little bit like home, and that that always feels. Yeah. Good. Well, I, I I told you know my niece Nicole. Um, yeah. So. I was just in New Orleans, and she called me yeah. several times without texting me ahead of time. Uh, she lives in New Orleans. <laughs> My brother Zach lives in New Orleans, and okay. I, I, I actually ignored her phone call at one point. I sent her a text, and I said, "Only sociopaths make phone calls without <laughs> texting first, unless they're a telemarketer. What do you want?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> So that's that's Savage, my new thing. Dude. What a takedown! <laughs> I, I need to cop so, that though. I have, I have a, I definitely have, I have one, one friend, big, big, uh, 
uh, offender of of that uh, of that yeah. rule. I'm just like, dude. I, I also like. I'm either at work or with my family. Chances are, with my family, I'm not like itching to pick up my phone, like text and say, "Hey, what up?" Yeah, I text and say, "Hey, you want to chat?" And I'll be like, "Okay, yeah, call me right now." That sounds great. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I ain't picking up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. I I actually thought about at one point, very recently, I thought about changing my voice and all to say, uh, you know, you've reached me. Um, I send a voicemail. Um, send me a text message or an email and I will get back to you. Uh, but then I remembered my job and I do sales and marketing for oh, an engineering yeah. company and I definitely have to have voicemails. I I don't get a yeah, lot of them, true. but uh, I, I decided my bosses would be happier if I kept a functional voicemail. So that's the only reason I have voicemails. But I, I for the record, I have 53 voicemails. No, 57, I think, right now, that I've not listened to. That sounds disgusting and obscene, and I do not, <laughs> I do not envy your life one bit. Well, it, but n- none of those are work-related. Th- those 57 are friends and family <laughs> oh who are sociopaths. And who, are the, who are these freaks? Who are these well, it, people who just starve, <laughs> starve for your attention that they, they have to demand it? Right, right now. I'm I'm sure there's a voice, probably the first unlistened to voicemail is at least a year old. I mean, this has been a thing for a while, so those 57, I've racked up over time. Um, Like unwrapped presents, you can save them for a special day, (laughs) you can open them all up like a a birthday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, dude, I I appreciate your time, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, and... um, Pleasure. I think we're we're gonna do a couple more, so hopefully we'll we'll figure out a time uh, to talk Mike, about we, self-titled we've, and we've, uh, and, uh, and and then some of the skaters, anniversary so. coming up. Yeah, and one year anniversary coming up for that. Uh, Big numbers. Yeah, dude. Do you know what's January twenty first? Uh, it's the name of a song we wrote. Uh, I'm that's yeah, and one anniversary as a group, man. Can can you wrap your mind around that? Two decades, twenty years old. Uh, so in a year, Royal Ruckus can drink uh, legally, officially. <laughs> uh, drinking age, yeah. rap group. Ne- ne- next that's, time we, we talk, we need to we need to talk about the the tequila shots before performances. That's that's something we need to oh talk about. Oh my gosh! Too, so. All right, yeah. I guess we have <laughs> we have an anthology series uh, for you and me to listen back on, and maybe two other people will care. <laughs> oh, no, sure I, I think I think gonna, we, our parents will get a kick out of. We'll, we'll love, we'll cherish forever I, these these podcast episodes. And that, I don't, I don't think cool. my, I don't think my mom knows how to listen to a podcast. I I've tried to send oh her podcasts, gosh. and I don't think she knows how to. So, <laughs> all right. Although although sneaky. I do, um, I I. I do fill her up with a uh, thumb drive full of Dr. Laura episodes. Oh I could God. I could slip my podcast on Sneak one it. of her thumb drives, and she'll randomly yeah. hear it one day in like six months in her car. Like, so. Jamie, I heard a radio show that was you. I guess I didn't know you're you're on the radio. It's radio yeah. show. All right. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, oh, do you have any social media stuff you want to share? 
So I was like, boo. But it's a fair, fair excuse. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but still, like when you, if you look at the booking agent's original email, it appears to me that the guy that said yes, we want them, uh, simply looked at the name and googled it and did not open the PDF attachment. So. Because it was abundantly you. clear what what we were offering, uh, so it was pretty funny. But the 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 uh, silver lining on that was that that gave me a little hole in my tour right before the Audio Feed Festival, and so I actually rather oh, cool. than just showing up at Audio Feed and playing and leaving, I actually got to attend the entire festival, and I hung out with uh, Britton Meathy and and his band the. Oh, yeah, Giant right. and the Taylor, Taylor and the Giant. I yeah. never remember what order the name is, but um, they're awesome, by the way. Super awesome. So, Yeah, they are real, I mean, really interesting, too. Like, Yeah. Really yeah. good sound. Yeah. All right. Well, you've been listening to Bruise Beards and Shipwrecks, and we will come back to you again in the future. Peace. <laughs> It's real greedy, royal records operating, Bill and stay heady on the scene. Chase you down real fast. Don't give me no excuses, cause I know they won't last. Let's go to Fresno and then to LA. We are Royal Rockets. You can call me John Jay. Give me some coffee. I'll be on my way. Rock the mic, meet girls, and then I'll save the day. Walking in LA only to end up more confused. Hitting dead ends and feeling real used. Rock the microphones, write notes on paper. On a mission, caught up in a donut caper. Give me a jelly donut, don't make a chicken feel when I'm on a major case. I get massaged by cute girls. I see one Z, two Z, 